Hi, welcome to the City View Phoenix podcast. We hope you enjoy today's message. Hey, good morning, City View. Happy Mother's Day. So I'm Chapin. This is my beautiful wife, Christine. Thank you, guys, City View, for having us. We know Jeremiah and Laramie and the boys are having a great time because Jeremiah posted on his social media ice cream. I love ice cream. Ice cream makes me happy. Ice cream is my happy place. So I don't know what you guys are doing. We're probably all going somewhere to eat after this. Don't want to make you hungry right now. We're going to Portillo's, Chicago hot dogs over at Arrowhead. So just do your own thing, whatever it is. I like what Jeremiah said. Hey, I'm just going to enjoy a bunch of ice cream. Seemed like a waffle cone with like mint chocolate chip. Just saying. And um, super yummy. But we do, you know, Mark did a great job just kind of introducing Mother's Day. So just, I'm just super curious. How many of you have to text, Zoom, call, Facebook, whatever, your mom? She's not here. She's, a, she's somewhere else, okay? Lots of us. How many of you, she's right next to you right now? <laughs> right, two, two doors down. Okay, so, and then there's those, <laughs> then there's those who have passed. Uh, and sometimes in our lives, whether they're with us or they're past, you know, life happens, you guys. And you're going to hear me say this over and over and over. There's no such thing as mommy guilt. You can't have it. Daddy guilt, neither, neither, none of those. And so for each one of us, I'm going to pray here in a second and just remind you that you've done the best you could. And your mom did too. And we can, like last week we were talking about, think on those things which are pure, noble, just, praiseworthy, and of a good report. We all have failures and foibles, but can we offer grace to one another, especially our moms? And then just think about them in the way that was the very best thing that you can think about, whether they're with you, and then tell them about it, because the word fitly spoken is like apples of gold and settings of silver. It'll lay out on their heart and bless them. And in your own heart, just to avoid the resentment and the bitterness that can happen in all of our hearts as we're like, and another thing she didn't do. No, 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 no. But she birthed you. <laughs> That's enough. She carried you. She nursed you. She changed your diapers or whatever it was. So... Uh, and then also, just for stepmoms, I've got seriously uh, like uh, three real real ones and two where my dad actually didn't marry the ladies but lived with them for a long time. God bless you, too, because you've been instrumental in all of our lives on some level, too. Yeah. So, Father, I just want to thank you for um, life in you, Jesus. We pray that the reading of your word, the ministrations of your Holy Spirit would touch each of our hearts now. And thank you, Lord, thanks for moms. We love you and we praise you in Jesus' name, amen. So there's a teenage girl on Mother's Day, teenage girl, and she says to her mom, so mom, wakes up, so mom, how it feel to have the greatest daughter on the planet as your daughter? And without even looking up or skipping her beat, her mom said, I don't know, sweetie, ask your grandmother. <laughs> so I want to talk about uh, Adam and Eve here for a second. And I'm reminded of an eight-year-old boy who was super curious, and he said to his mom, Mama, where do the people come from? After Adam and Eve, and how did they come, and how, how does this work? And her, his mom said, well, sweetie, it's like this. God spoke a word. He created Adam. Then he put Adam to sleep. He created Eve. They had babies, and others had babies, and others had babies, and here we are. And he was kind of like, uh-huh. So he went to his dad, and, and he said, Dad, how, do, how does all this work? And his dad said, oh, well, here's the deal, son. It's just a big bang out of nowhere. And then there were like something happened, and then there were monkeys, and over time the monkeys evolved, and here we are. And the little boy was mystified. He went back to his mom and said, Mama, you lied to me. Daddy said this, and she said, oh, sweetie. He's just talking about his side of the family. 
<laughs> so I, I want to talk just a second about the beginning. So Adam and Eve, and in the beginning God created, and there's this whole story where God becomes the first anesthesiologist. <laughs> Go to sleep. So Adam's asleep, then God becomes the first surgeon, and carves a cut in his rib. And then God pulls a rib out of Adam and Eve. And that's what you are, ladies. You're our riblet. You're our protector of our hearts. So, guys, you got to let her get close. That's why the Bible says, fellas, love your wives, because it's not normal for us, because we're super selfish. That's a Bible study for another time. No ladies can say amen to that on Mother's Day. And so then God's a matchmaker, and he creates Eve, and he creates Adam, and they have babies, and everyone lived happily ever after. Woo-hoo! Because they were in perfection, total perfection. You like cocoa, they went to the co- It was the best chocolate ever, guava, the fruit. They were the first ones that made the impossible burger out of veggies. I just don't know how that happens, but that's what happened. And everything's just yummy, mali- uh, just malicious, yummy and delicious and just amazing. But in order to have a relationship with me, you need to give me a choice. And God said that, and I love you, but I, I want you to love me by choice. So he said to Adam and Eve, there's only one thing you can't do. Here's the choice. There's a tree in the middle of the Garden of Eden, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Do not eat of that tree. Now there's the test. It's like, uh, every day, all day, the animals are hanging out. There's no murder. There's no death. There's no... <laughs> There's no vultures eating meat. There's just no death. It's perfection. So if you're a mom here today and you think, if I could just have a do-over, you wouldn't believe if I could just take this back, do this again. I need to re- a redo on that. I need a mulligan for those of you that golf. It wouldn't matter because Adam and Eve started in perfection. And then one day Eve's hanging around the one thing that God told her. He said, don't, don't do this. Don't eat of this tree. So she's just like, stay, oh, well, it's what you and I do. I stand right next to my temptation, changes. I'm not tempted by the same things I was at 13 or 17 or 19, but I'm tempted by new things. You are too. And so we just kind of hang out. We're just kind of like in touching it and around it. And, and so one day, Satan uh, uh, possesses a snake. And the snake says this to Eve, so... Did God say, and Eve's sitting there going, huh, it's a new voice. I haven't seen this before. I haven't heard this before. Now, the reason, among others, one of the reasons that Satan, through the snake, attacked Eve is because Adam would have known better. Remember, Adam named all the animals. He knew the snake didn't talk. But Eve's like, well, let's have a conversation. And she starts to add to God's word. Well, you can't touch it, and we can't eat it. So unless you and I are fully solid doctrinally in the word of God, you and I are even more susceptible to the wiles of the enemy, which we talked about last week. But for mothers, it's Eve. So Eve's sitting there, she takes the apple, and then she eats it. And we don't know what happened between that moment and the moment she handed it to to Adam, but Adam wasn't in North Africa and she wasn't in Canada. He was within arm's distance away. We do know this, that Adam held the title deed to planet Earth. And when he ate, death immediately happened. They were naked, they were ashamed, and the story goes on. And you think, oh, this is the worst ever. And the whole redemptive story of Jesus Christ coming, dying, being buried, 
dead, buried, resurrected, and ascended is a love story where the, the Lord's coming back and he's saying, I've got you, I love you, I'm coming back for you, I'm going to redeem you, your mistakes are not too much for me. Behold, I'm going to do a new thing, shall it not spring forth, roads in the wilderness, rivers in the desert, I love you. Stop letting your mistakes and the things in the past, no mommy guilt, no daddy guilt, the stuff that just messed you up, continue to entangle you. I've come here to rescue you, even today you can call for help. And then you think, okay, well, they had kids, that must have been good, Cain and Abel, <laughs> Murder in the first family? Oh, well, that's it. Everything's over now. No, you, don't know, you have no idea what's going on in my family. Did that happen? It doesn't matter if that or something you think is worse because God then had Seth. Seth he gave Seth to Adam and Eve, and Seth is the one who procreated the rest of the, of the line until it comes to us. God, God always has a back door. God always has a do-over. God always has another blessing, a second, a third, a 333rd, a three million and beyond opportunity for you. When Satan attacked, he attacked God's word first. Did God say? Number two, he attacked the woman in her marriage. And then number three, she attacked family. Let's not be unaware of the wiles of the devil in 2 Corinthians 2. Don't add and don't subtract to the Lord's word. Remember, she would always be the, the mother of the living. In Genesis 50, verse 20, it says, But as for you, Satan, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good in order to bring it about as it is this day to save many people alive. In Romans 8, 28, this is happening for you and for me all day, every day. And we know all things work together for good to those who love God and are called according to his purpose. So here's a question, whether it's online or on site. Do you know not Jesus as God or as a good teacher or as a Lord, but is he your Lord and Savior? Have you made that commitment to Jesus? So occasionally I'm going to say this word to you, Happy Mother's Day! And so when I say it, you can do a handshake, a high five, a hug. Last service and people just <laughs> stuck their head on somebody's shoulder. So next time you hear me say that, do whatever's on your heart to the, your, the mom or the grandma next to you. So Proverbs 11.6, this is for you moms and grandmas, you women in here. A gracious, uh, gracious woman gets honor. And we want to honor all of you today. We could not have done it without you. You carried us. You nursed us. You coached us. You protected us. You guided us. Proverbs 31.25 says, strength and dignity are her clothing, and she laughs at the time to come. She opens her mouth with wisdom, and the teaching of kindness is on her tongue. She looks well to the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. You moms have been faithful, faithful, faithful. And perhaps today you'll hear this as a Christian when you get into the Lord's presence. Because remember, Jesus is your judge advocate. It doesn't matter what you've done. It's literally absolved. And when you say, I'm sorry, please forgive me, Lord, he takes your sins and casts them as far as the east is from the west. They don't exist. So stop re-crucifying yourself. You have the grace that the Lord is like, I got you. Happy Mother's Day! High five, hug, whatever you want to do. It's just, it's just an excuse. It's like, that's so awkward. I know. So I want to talk about Mary real quick, the mother of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So for all of you teenage girls or single women, uh, here's a thought. God came to Mary, and he's like, psst, got something for you. Have you heard a word from the Lord in your life, but it freaked you out, ladies, young girls, even young guys? Because Joseph had to roll with this too. And the Lord's like, hey, psst, psst, for you, listen, 
I want you to do this crazy thing for me. And Mary's like, for sure, I'm, I'm in. You're, gonna, you're a virgin, so ladies, let's stay virginated. And you're going to have a baby with no relations to your betrothed. You cool with that? Uh, yeah. Yes. So Mary's the one that we can look at and we can honor and we can be blessed and we can bless her, but we don't need to venerate her. She's not a conduit to God. Only Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So to our Catholic brothers and sisters who we love with all of our hearts, sound doctrine is critical. And sound doctrine, you're going to hear when my wife speaks more and more here, comes from the Word of God. And the Word of God's clear that Mary's to be blessed and encouraged. She did a great thing. It's, she's a, a, a credible faith walker, but she's not to be venerated and she's not a conduit to Jesus. Was Mary perfect? No way. In Luke 2:42 and 52, guess what she did? She lost her baby. Well, he was 12. She lost her boy. And you know that conversation with Joseph. Hey, hey, so where's Jesus, sweetie? Uh, I don't know. I thought you had him. Okay, that's a fight getting ready to happen right there. Right? So, and Mary and Joseph were not without sin. So that was probably a humdinger. And so where do they find Jesus? In the temple, feasting on the word of God. So she was also a little premature about the whole miracle thing. In the Old Testament, wine at the wedding speaks about joy. It also speaks about, you know, community, and her friends ran out of wine. And so as only a mom can do, without really asking a question, she just made a statement. They had, they've run out of wine. The garage door doesn't open. We're out of milk. So it's just a statement, and as for guys, we're like, oh, you got a choice, right? You're going to humble yourself, submit to your wife or not. Anyway, Jesus said to her, woman, what does that con concern have to do with us? My hour's not yet come. And yet he did what his mom asked. And the miracle happened and the wine happened and it was amazing. And it's funny because the last words as she says that to Jesus are whatever he says, do it. And so Mary is to be honored but never venerated as a conduit. She's only, she's not only Jesus is our intercessor. She is not. And remember the last words from a sound doctrine point of view. Whatever he says, do it. Now, Mary had spent her, her life painfully and yet with integrity watching her son get bullied. Beard plucked, whipped, crucified, dead, buried, resurrected. She went through all of that as a mom. And some of you have gone through really difficult things too. And yet Jesus had to go through those things. You have to go through difficult times from time to time. Because in that brokenness, there's strength and hope. In Philippians 4.4, it says, rejoice in the Lord. Again, I say rejoice. And in your personal time, I want to encourage you, if you're hurried, distracted, if you stop reading the Word of God, get back to it. Watch God bless you and encourage you. How do you come back to the things that the Lord has for you? Return to your first love in Revelation 2.4. Practically, let's pick up our Bibles, read something every day, watch God bless your wisdom, peace, and joy and your relationships with your spouses, kids, and so forth, grandkids, is only going to flourish. It's the word of God. And Chrissy, what do you have for us? Is this on? So if you have your Bible with you today, even if it's on your phone, just kind of lift it up for a second and just say word. Word. So this book is no ordinary book. It's the best-selling book ever in the history of the world. 
it has sold an estimated five billion with the B copies. And just for comparison, I think Harry Potter sold 250 million with an M. This is five billion. Two more billion, and it would be the number of people who exist on the planet today. It's crazy. It's been translated into thousands of languages, and it's literally 66 books written by 40 different authors on three different continents over a, per a period of nearly 2,000 years. As uh, one of my favorite uh, end times pastors used to say, Chuck Missler, this is an integrated message system from outside of our dimension. Most importantly, this book has the power to transform your life. John 1, 1 through 5 says, In the beginning, the word already existed. Who is that? It's Jesus. The word was with God, and the word was God. He existed in the beginning, and God created everything through him. Nothing was created except through him. The word gave life to everything that was created, and his life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. When you're in the word of God, you're in the very presence of God. So let's just talk about a few things that the word actually does for us. The first one is that the word of God tells us who God is. It describes his glorious majesty, which confirms that he alone is worthy of our worship. It tells us of his unlimited power, which assures us that he has the ability to move mountains and even more on our behalf. It shows us the extravagant lengths that he went to to save us, which ensures his unconditional love for us. It declares the intimacy with which he knows us. You and me with all of our stuff. And he still cherishes us in spite of it. The word of God also tells us who we really are. It defines our identity. At six years old, my dad kissed us goodbye. And he said he'd see us at dinner time. He never came home. After two frantic and tumultuous weeks, my mom found out that he had fled the state with his girlfriend and their new baby, who happened to be the same age as my baby sister. My mom and brothers and sisters, there were five of us total, we went through a very, very dark and rough time. We were put in harsh situations, living in a friend's basement, and I was exposed to things that a little girl should never be exposed to. We even, all five of us and mom, lived in a very small car for several days. What my dad taught me at a very early age was that I was on my own. He was not fighting for me. My mom was so rocked and hurt that she could barely help herself. So I didn't even know my multiplication tables yet, and I was emotionally fending for myself. But... My heavenly daddy was with me. He saw me crying on the bed at night. I'm not going to cry. He saw me crying on the bed at night, filled with fear and uncertainty. 
He knew I was feeling like I was being suffocated every single night. That fear was choking out my light. But he didn't leave me. He was with me. I would literally say that now I lay me down to sleep, the pray the Lord my soul to keep prayer, and a supreme peace would come over me. He literally gave me the peace to sleep. He didn't deliver me out of the situation immediately, but he gave me his peace through the situation. I actually think he gave me the prayer too because I didn't go to church much at that point, so I'm not sure where that prayer even came from. As I grew, I began to attend a Bible study, and I heard a different message, a true message. I was loved, and I was being defended. I did have someone, the best someone, fighting on my behalf. Little by little, God began to rewrite the old tapes that I listened to, and he began to make me see my value in him and my purpose and my hope for a future with him. The more I'm in the word, the more I know I can trust him. I can literally take him at his word. When he makes a promise, he will keep it. I'm still growing in knowledge of him every day, and my trust is still deepening. But he's defining who I am by his truth, by his word that never changes. Let the word transform your thinking. And listen. I know I'm not alone with my story. There's other people in here who have maybe a different story, but it's a hurtful story. Let me just tell you that if you're looking for that knowledge of who you are in Christ, start in Ephesians 1. It's a fantastic chapter to show you who God says you are. So the word of God tells us who he is, and he tells us who we are. It also transforms us. Hebrews 4.12 says, For the word of God is alive and powerful. It's sharper than any two-edged sword cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. My story showed that God's word transformed my thoughts and my desires and my actions and who I was in him. As we wash in the word, he sets us apart as holy. Husbands, wives, parents, don't you want that for your family? What if from Mother's Day to Father's Day, we made up our minds to wash our family in the word every single day? What kind of transformation do you think could take place in your family? 42-day challenge. I double-dog dare you to try. And then come back to us on Father's Day and tell us what God's done in those 42 days. Jeremiah told us a few weeks ago that the best thing you can do for your parenting is to nurture your marriage. The best thing you can do for your marriage is to nurture your relationship with God. The word of God tells us who he is, who we are in him, and it transforms us. The word of God also instructs us, instructs us how to live. 2 Timothy 3.16 says all scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God's word gently corrects us. Who wants to be corrected gently rather than harshly? Sign me up. I want to be easily entreated. So 
if God's word is able to change us, to teach us and direct us, what happens if you need direction? It's in the book. What happens if you need help with conflict? It's in the book. You need to overcome fear. There's 365 fear knots in the Bible, one for every day of the year. Did you know that the days that we're living in are described in the Bible and are a harbinger of his soon return? It's in the book. Did you know that during the millennial reign, we'll be practicing certain annual uh, festivals and you'll actually be called a priest? It's in the book. And guess what? You may be getting a new name too. There's treasures in this book. Finally, the word of God is an anchor for our souls when we are headfirst into a storm. Psalm 91.4 says, He will cover you with his feathers and he will shelter you with his wings. His faithful promises are your armor and your protection. Our family has been in the trial of trials for a long season. The details aren't important. You all have your own things going on in your life. But let me just tell you that it's the kind of trial that will literally pluck the wagons off your wheels. The kind that will leave you shocked and hopeless and paralyzed. But because we know God, because we know his promises, because we have hidden his word in our heart, I'm sorry, because we trust his character and because he has a track record of faithfulness in our lives, we have peace and hope that just does not exist in the natural. He's literally the anchor for our souls. Ephesians tells us that the just shall live by faith. And faith, faith is something that you trust will happen, but you can't see it in the natural. But you'll know it'll come to pass. And that infers that there's someone bigger than you who can make that thing come to pass. By his spirit, we can know that we know that we know that we know by knowing him. Let me ask you a question. Do you really know him? Can you take him at his word? Do you trust him to do what he says he will do? And are you willing to go deeper? I want to encourage all of you, don't wait until a storm hits to find out if you really know him. Bask in his presence now. Hide his word in your heart now. So when the storms hit, you are anchored. Remember, the anchor keeps you from drifting. My parting shot on all this is draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Switching back to the happy Mother's Day <laughs> uh, for the moms here and online. God sees you. He knows of your constant sacrifice and your heart for others. Listen, you're vital to his plan for saving humanity. And he is using you, whether you feel like it, whether you're tired, whether you don't see any fruit of it or not, he is using you. In 1973, war broke out. The fledgling state of Israel was being ravaged by both Egypt and Syria. They were attacked on Yom Kippur, which was their highest holy day, and they were completely caught off guard with their... Uh, just off guard and totally unprepared. Prime Minister Golda Meir was so desperate 
she picked up the phone and she called the new Secretary of State, Henry Kissinger, who had sell, him, himself had fled Nazi Germany in 1938 with his family. She explained to him that if America didn't help Israel, Israel would be gone by morning. Henry Kissinger, a Jew, replied, I think the Jews need to bleed a little bit longer. Helping Israel at that time was not a popular thing on the world stage. She then picked up the phone out of sheer desperation and a bold act, and she called President Richard Nixon. It was in the middle of the night. She apologized profusely for disturbing him, but she explained to him that if he didn't help right now, if America didn't help right now, Israel would be gone in the morning. Richard Nixon told Golda Meir, whatever you need is yours. Immediately, American pilots who were stationed in Europe got their flight orders. They didn't even know where they were going. They were told, follow the plane in front of you who will have the coordinates. And oh, by the way, when you land, leave the planes running. Just get off the tarmac. They did. They got off the plane not knowing where they were. And as the American pilots were escorted off the tarmac, the American flags on the planes were immediately painted over with a Star of David. While the paint was still wet, the planes took off and successfully defended the new nation. Later, when President Nixon was asked why he risked his neck like that for Israel, he said that when he was growing up, his mother told him Bible stories. Every night, without fail, when she uh, was reading him Bible stories, she would say, listen, if you ever have a chance to help God's people, the Jewish people, promise me you will. And he did. Israel was saved because of one mother telling Bible stories to her young son. And of course, her young son honored her. Moms, I tell that story because you are vital. You never know what fruit is coming from the seeds you are planting. Happy Mother's Day! So here's a recap. Remember the whole message title is, Hear ye, hear ye, ding, ding, ding. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Moms, you're special. We love you. We adore you. We acknowledge moms, stepmoms, grandmoms, grandmothers. You uh, make the whole world run. Lincoln actually said the hand that rocks the cradle determines the next generation. And remember, there's no mommy guilt. There's no guilt over what you did or didn't do. You just keep moving forward in the grace that the Lord has for you. The Word of God tells us who God is. It tells us who we are. It transforms us, and, it's, and it anchors us. And I'll close with just a couple stories. The first one is the prodigal son. We all know that story, but oftentimes it's taught from this perspective that the prodigal son, and many of us have been that person, you have to get to the very end of your life and have everything taken away because you thought you could do it on your own, and you're in a pig pen getting stuff thrown on you, and you realize, my father's servants are doing better than I can, and you finally are broken enough, and you come back. And then we see the father running at the son with a robe, a ring, and open arm stretched, uh, outstretched arms. And that speaks of the robe of righteousness, the ring of authority, and the arms of love. And then we see the other son griping about, I can't believe it, Dad. It's not fair. It's this, that, and the other thing. We want to be careful not to have a grateful heart because the father said to that son, everything I've had has always been yours. 
you're totally hooked up, connected, everything's good, but he's been gone. We want to celebrate with him, but there's another person in the story you really never hear about. It's inferred. There's a mom. There's a mom who cried and bore the, the pain of this child who was far away, and I want to say this to you loud and clear. He and she will come back. Whew. They're on their way back. We don't know how long it took for him to go from the pigsty to having an undeserved robe of righteousness, a ring of authority, and outstretched arms. I love you so much. I'm restoring you back to your original place, plus, plus, plus. But that's a word for you today, too. God is coming to you, and he's saying to you, I love you so much. All you have to do, ready? There's a choice. There's a tree in the middle of your garden. Will you choose to just keep eating the flesh? Lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and pride of life. Or will you finally come and say, no, 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 no. I love you, God. I love you, Jesus. And so in a minute, I'll say a prayer. There's not going to be hands or an altar call, not today. It's just today's a day of salvation for you, or maybe online, or you can share it with somebody that you know. And then the final story I want to share is this. It's Ruth and Naomi. There's a guy named Abimelech, and he's got uh, two sons, Malon and Chilion, and they marry Orpah and Ruth. And they're living in Bethlehem, and everything's going great, except outside of Bethlehem, there's a famine. And Bethlehem means house of bread. And Abimelech makes a decision. He starts to get fearful because he listens to the news. And the news is like, oh, this, and it's that, and it's the other thing. Be careful that what you and I are listening to is the word of God and not the news. Because you'll start to make really solid decisions for your family, and I will too, as we listen to the Lord and respond to what the Holy Spirit's saying to us. So Abimelech takes his family from Bethlehem, the house of bread, down to a place called Moab, which literally means toilet bowl. And all along the way, he dies, and the boys die. And now there's Ruth, a widow, Naomi, and Orpah. All of them are widows. And they're sitting there trying to figure out what to do, and there's no inheritance for either of the girls. Naomi's a little older. She's like, look, you guys should just leave me. I, there's no inheritance with me. If I had a baby, you'd have to wait 16 years to marry him, 17 years or whatever. Because back in the day, that's how sort of the whole genealogy and, and the connectivity in the family worked. Just leave. So Orpah kisses her and leaves. Maybe you've been wounded by a friend, and the word says the wounds of a friend, your wife, fellas, are faithful, but the kisses of an enemy are deceitful. Judas, Orpah. Orpah walks literally right off the stage of history. Never hear about her again. But Naomi and Ruth walk the whole way uh, into Moab in, in uh the Bible, we're told that the Israelites were supposed to leave extra grains around the perimeter of their property so that poor people wouldn't be given a free handout, but they'd have to work to collect the stuff to be able to feed themselves. Think about that practically in America. And so Naomi and Ruth were gleaning, and Ruth was doing most of the work, and she had sandals, so she had fertilizer. Icky, you know what fertilizer is, seeping up through her toes. And she was diligent, but off in the distance, there was this guy named Boaz. And Boaz looked down on her, and he said, hmm. And he asked his servants, who is this gal? And they said, well, it's so-and-so. And everybody kind of heard their story. And he said, leave extras for her. So she comes home one day, and she's got, like, bushels full in her hand. And Naomi's like, what happened? Why do you have so much? And she told him the story about but this guy blessing her and all the rest. And Naomi, the mom, soon-to-be grandma, had this wisdom. Listen, sweetie, it's a good wisdom. Take a shower, do your hair, put the makeup on. Get dolled up and go. And then here's what I want you to do. I want you to lay at his feet. That's a word for you ladies that are like, I want to get married. And for you guys who are like, you know, what about me? I'm still single. Remember when Adam woke up from the anesthesia, being anesthetized and operated on, he looked up and he saw Eve and he was like, wow, man, 
which is where we get the word woman from. Just kidding. And so same thing with Boaz. He kind of wakes up and he's like, whoa, there's this hottie right in front of me. Where'd you come from? And then he has to figure out, uh, how do I redeem her? And there's this whole process, a kinsman redeemer. It speaks about Jesus redeeming you. It's the whole parallel in the story. And so what ends up happening is he goes and he redeems her. They get married. They have kids. But the story gets better because there's a difference between sympathy and empathy. Empathy is like, oh, you had the flu or a cold? Oh, yeah, I did too. So what do you do? Okay, I do water and I do tea and I do Sudafed or I do an allergy, whatever. Oh, me too, me too. Oh, I do this differently. That's empathy. Sympathy is, oh, you broke your leg. It's a compound fracture. It must be really painful. It's never happened to me. Super sorry it happened to you. Both are really good emotions. Boaz had empathy for Ruth because Boaz had a mom whose name was Rahab. She was a prostitute. She's the one who put the scarlet cord representing the blood of Jesus over the outside window of her property, of her house and the castle on the side of the of the community when the Israelites were invading and she married a guy named Salmon they had kids Boaz was one of them can you imagine being teased about the condition of your mom and so Boaz is sitting up there and he's like I got a mom who was in deep trouble this gal's in deep trouble I'm not the nearest redeemer but I can redeem her and I'm going to fight for her which is what Jesus is doing for you and your family and your life right now even though you don't see it he redeems her. He marries her. They have kids. And here's the cool thing. The Bible at the end of Ruth, like if you read Job, at the end of Job, the Bible says Job was blessed with double what he had before. It's a little bit funny in there too because Job's wife, who was the one who said curse God and die, ended up bearing double the kids she had before. It's just an inside joke between me and the moms. That was a lot of pain. Um, but in this case, uh, Naomi, at the end of Ruth, she ends up her whole life taking care of her grandkids. Oh, BT dubs? In the line of Rahab to Boaz and Ruth is David and Jesus. You're not too far away from God's grace. Your kids aren't too far away from God's grace. There's no such thing as mommy guilt or daddy guilt. Behold, I'm going to do a new thing, shall not spring forth, roads in the wilderness, rivers in the desert, for you. God has amazing things for you today. Lord, I just want to thank you for your word. It's so cleansing and hopeful. If you're in here and you've never asked Jesus to be the Lord of your life, somebody help me pray this one time. You can quietly talk to God. Just say something like, Jesus, I'm right here. My bad, sorry for my sins, forgive me of my sins. I want you to be my Lord and Savior. Come and live in my heart today, Jesus, please be my Savior. For the moms and the stepmoms and the grandmas, just wanna encourage you just to reach out in your heart of faith and say, Lord, I'm here, I've heard this. I'm gonna finally give you my regrets, my hurts, my past. I'm just moving forward from this day forward, from this moment forward, Jesus, with you. Hold my hand and refresh me as we do this. And for all of us today, Lord, I pray great grace. It's a spirit of hope on everybody's heart. Laughter, which will be good medicine, delighting ourselves in you as we go out and eat, fellowship, and enjoy one another.
And Jesus, we want to say we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Did you decide to follow Jesus while listening to this podcast today? We want to celebrate with you and help you with your next steps. Click the link in the podcast description to get connected with a pastor and your next step. If you want to learn more about what's going on at City View, download our City View app through the App Store or the Google Play Store. You can find everything from special events, outreach opportunities, and additional resources all in one centralized location. Links are in the description below. Thanks for listening. For more information, check out our website at cityviewphx.com or download the City View app on the App Store.